0: Points to ponder by Nir Minusi. This podcast is made possible by our kind supporters over at Patreon. Parsha Miketz, Dreaming Outside the Box. At the end of the previous parsha and in the beginning of ours, the moniker given to Joseph by his brothers, "Master of Dreams." acquires a new meaning. Once only a prophetic dreamer himself, Joseph now becomes a highly proficient interpreter of other people's dreams, specifically the dreams of the Egyptian empire's rulers, Pharaoh and two of his ministers. Joseph's interpreting of the Egyptians' dreams symbolizes one of Judaism's deepest purposes, to penetrate the depth of the visions and ideas of the non Jewish nations to identify their innermost spark of holiness and truth and then to elevate it to its spiritual root. The nations have tremendous dreams and aspirations and visions that they translate into art, literature, social manifestos, and the like. However, being caught up inside them, they often don't perceive the depth of the meaning of their own visions and ideas. The dreamer can't interpret his or her own dream. It takes the perspective of an outsider to interpret their dreams for them. This is exactly what the Ivri, the Hebrew, Ivri comes from the word Ever, which means the bank of a river. The Hebrew, the Ivri, is someone who is coming from the other bank of the cultural river, who is, so to speak, is standing outside the system, looking from the outside in, and he can provide perspective that someone from inside the system or inside a certain culture, they can't see it. The first interesting thing to see about Joseph is that he doesn't interpret his own dreams. Partly, this is because they don't require as much explanation as, as, as the other dreams, that the brothers' sheaves of, of grain and the stars bow down to Joseph That kind of speaks for itself. But it may also be that Joseph's dreams are meant to remain unexplained. Just as the Torah that the people of Israel are destined to receive has 70 faces, so too their dreams have many, many faces that can and should exist side by side. This stands in opposition to the dreams of the Egyptians, which Joseph interprets explicitly and unequivocally. It appears that from them we need to derive an absolute and even practical message. How does Joseph succeed in deciphering the Egyptians' dreams? All his interpretations share one outstanding common denominator. He adds the dimension of time. That's how he cracks the code. The three vine branches and the three bread baskets in the ministers' dreams are all three days. And then the seven cows... And the seven ears of grain in Pharaoh's dreams are seven years. The dreams themselves don't mandate these interpretations. Indeed, according to the sages, Pharaoh's magicians suggested that the cows and the ears of grain represented not units of time, but entities that existed simultaneously. They suggested that they symbolized seven kingdoms that Pharaoh would conquer or seven daughters that would be born to him. What is the meaning of adding a dimension? What happens when we add a dimension? When we take a one-dimensional line and then intersect it with another line, we create a two-dimensional plane. If we then take that two-dimensional plane and we intersect another one-dimensional line to it, we create a three-dimensional space. In each instance, the new line emerges from outside the existing system intersects with it, and thereby adds another dimension to it. Adding a dimension, therefore, means thinking outside the box. When you think outside the box, you then have the power to go into that box, to penetrate that box, and to illuminate it from within, to shed new light, to bring a new perspective, a new way of looking at it. The metaphor of thinking outside a box, a box being a three-dimensional object, is particularly fitting when we think about adding the dimension of time to space. Egypt is compared to a great womb, in which the people of Israel were gestating, so to speak, until they were finally birthed at the splitting of the sea. Similarly, we can think of the Egyptians' dream realm as a sort of mental space, that the concept of time can then penetrate and impregnate. Space without time is motionless, directionless. Time breathes life into space. It reorders the elements within it. From coexisting side by side, they become events taking place one after the other. Time, therefore, adds action, motion, a trajectory, leading up to a purpose. This also explains why Joseph suggested a practical plan of action regarding Pharaoh's dreams, right to appoint a wise and judicious man in order to gather all the food from the good years and save it for the bad years. Although no one asked him to do this. He wasn't asked to give a a practical solution or a plan of action. He was only asked to give an interpretation. But once he gave the interpretation, he immediately went ahead and suggested also a plan of action. Why did he do this? As soon as we begin to interpret things in terms of time and process, our state of mind becomes one of practical thinking, problem-solving progress we're we're thinking in terms of going ahead and, and and solving things But now a new question arises. How did Joseph know which units of time were alluded to in each dream? How did he know to interpret the branches and the baskets as days, but the cows and the ears of grain as years? Here we discover an additional dimension that Joseph integrated into his interpretations the spiritual dimension Joseph realized that the dreams, while being divine visions, were also integrated into the consciousness of the dreamer. The dreamer's personalities and identities were essential for understanding their dreams. Since Pharaoh's ministers are relatively small-minded, i.e. given to short-term thinking, it made sense that they would think in terms of shorter time units, such as days. Pharaoh, on the other hand, is relatively large-minded, The future of the kingdom and its population rests on his shoulders. It would therefore make sense that he would be thinking in terms of longer time units, such as years. According to Sefer Yetzirah, the Book of Formation, the ancient Kabbalistic treaties, reality is comprised not of three or four, but of five dimensions. First, there are the three spatial dimensions, that is, the dimensions of, of space. Within them, there flows the dimension of time. This is the fourth dimension. And then, if we go even further inside, within time resides the fifth and most important dimension, the dimension of soul or of psyche. According to this model, time is an intermediate level between space and soul. While space is completely objective and soul is completely subjective, time brings them together externally time belongs to the physical universe it's part of the space-time continuum but internally the the inner aspect of time makes it intimately connected to human consciousness human consciousness travels so to speak within time and experiences time and the universe generally as moving as flowing from the past to the future this is why time and consciousness are so deeply intimately connected When Joseph injected the dimension of time into the Egyptians' dreams, it really served as a kind of intermediate level for him, as a kind of means, in order to also enter their mental space and then figure out what's troubling them, what's what's on their minds, so to speak. In the 19th century, physics recognized time as a dimension. It made it part of the space-time continuum. However, recognizing the spiritual aspect of the universe, of life, as a dimension, as, as the fifth dimension, this is currently only held by mystics and fringe scientists, in short, dreamers. But the world is waiting for a new Joseph to usher in the day when we will all be as dreamers, ha'inu kecholmim, and we will all recognize that within everything beats a heart and a soul our soul, the soul of the world, and ultimately the soul of the Creator, who is constantly breathing us all into life, into existence. Point to ponder for Hanukkah. When the Greeks entered the temple and defiled all the oils, they failed to find a small cruise of oil bearing the seal of the high priest. On the surface, this tiny cruise had only enough oil for one day. However, miraculously, it contained enough oil to light the menorah in the temple for eight whole days. We get a taste of this miraculous expansion of light every Hanukkah when we light an additional candle each day of the holiday. And we see before our eyes as the light grows and becomes richer and broader and there's more and more light. The cruise of oil symbolizes the dimensions of time and soul enfolded within space. In order to discover them, in order to have them unfold before our eyes, we need to abandon our external gaze, our external eyes. We need to adopt to develop internal eyes, and internal gaze, eyes that are attentive to processes occurring beneath the surface, the more we deepen our perspective and seek this level of reality, this hidden level of reality, the more it will be revealed to us and add light to our world. Happy Chanukah. Hi, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like and subscribe. You may also consider becoming a supporter by going over to patreon.com slash That's patreon.com slash near